The chase is on, everybody. Just wait and see YBER mates. Yes, that's right. Welcome, welcome. I know that you guys have been waiting for the next episode of the Episodic Cyber Chase Podcast. Welcome back to Cyber Mates. My name's Will Young, joined as always by my co-host, Lucas Mancini. Will, I got my black sunglasses on. I got my black leather duster. And let me tell you, I am logged on. Okay. Oh, 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 hell yeah. We're logged I'm on. In. We're logged on. We're into it. We got the green text going. Uh, C, uh, command prompt C. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're into it. Yeah. So <laughs> you may have been expecting something a little different, but hey, this is what you get when you don't check your calendar, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, rather than uh, rather than end off the episode with it, Lucas, let's just uh, let's just say what today is. Today is, uh, yeah, you're, you're going to want to uh, backslash backslash colon April Fool's uh, because it's it's April Fool's Day. It's April 1st. So here we are. We're going to be talking about the PBS Kids show Cyber Chase. Lucas, this was uh, another one of your harebrained schemes to talk about this, <laughs> this show. This is, uh, so I got to admit, Cyber Chase <laughs> Uh, you know, a, a longer lived show than I kind of was aware of. It's started in 2002. I remember when it kind of started, but apparently it's still going. So, Will, I'll, I'll get you to start because you're a little bit older than me. Yes. Um, I was watching Cyber Chase at the exact same time I was watching Arthur. They sort of went hand in hand when it came to my after school routine. Um, but I'm curious, what's your relationship with uh, Cyber Chase, if at all? I'm afraid I don't really have one. I may have watched a couple of episodes here and there, but it wasn't a it wasn't a PBS Kids show that I really made time for. I think because I would have been watching PBS Kids kind of in the late '90s, and by the early 2000s, I was kind of you know full timing YTV and Fox Kids. So that those were kind of the cartoons I was watching. Uh, uh, ABC's One Saturday Morning. Uh, for me, uh, Cyber Chase was. A pretty big deal because, as you said, when we were trying to pick which episode to watch this week, uh, there was a lot of two-parters, there was a lot of continuity, um, and it was still an educational show. Maybe in a different way than Arthur is, but it was a straight-up educational show with all these, like, character arcs, and it was kind of high concept. They were going into cyberspace, so for whatever it may have been, like, seven-year-old me, it was a pretty big deal. I was way into it. Maybe, just maybe, uh, Cyber Chase was the reason I got into cyberpunk later on in life. I don't know, that might be a little bit of a stretch. Uh, so I was kind of excited to look back upon this episode with adult eyes and see if it was all just nostalgia. We're talking about season one, episode 19 of Cyber Chase, Send in the Clones. Now, for anybody who doesn't know what Cyber Chase is, uh, Lucas, can you give us just a quick a quick uh, plot summary of what goes on in a typical episode of Cyber Chase? So there's Hacker, and he's this green guy, 
And he's got these two robot friends that are exactly like the two robot minions from uh, Sonic X. And he, uh, there's these three kids, and they got to foil him. And they're also friends with a bird voiced by Gilbert Gottfried. And they, they foil his plans, usually with simple math problems, like third grade math problems. Uh, and that's basically every episode of Cyber Chase. That's the thing, is that you, you mentioned that it was kind of educational in a different way. When we compare it with the show that we normally talk about, Arthur... It's very uh, directly educational. Like it's <laughs> yeah, it's it's very like it's the difference between Oregon Trail and Number Munchers because Oregon Trail is educational in the sense of you're really focused on this journey to Oregon and keeping all your travelers alive and hoping no one dies of dysentery and you might learn a little bit about American history along the way. Whereas Number Munchers is you're solving math problems and that's how you play the game. <laughs> that's a good way to look at it i guess the Oregon trail teaches you uh kind of life lessons like uh don't For sure don't get dysentery and don't <laughs> mess around with snakes you know what though like i was I, I played Oregon trail again recently and one interesting aspect of that game is uh hunting's a huge mechanic right because you run out of food unless you hunt okay uh and when and when you hunt you can, like, hunt as much as you want. Like, you could be killing buffalo left and right. But at the end of the hunting mini game, it'll always say you could only carry 100 pounds back to the uh, cart. You killed 1,000 pounds of meat. And you're like, oh, this is why there's not that many water buffalo left in the continental United States. Is because people just, like, killed them willy-nilly. So it's like that kind of... It's teaching you something without directly telling you it or being directly educational, kind of similar to how, you know, Arthur will teach you some life lessons about growing up without kind of beating you over the head with it. Sure. I actually never, I've never gotten to play the, or, uh, play Oregon Trail or the zombie version Oregon Trail. Ah, uh, they're both very good. I believe you. Uh, so Cyber Chase. All right. So that's, uh, what are the, what are the names of the kids? I so <laughs> you were your my memory uh is not as good as it used to be but with the val- the power of the internet I'm going to see if there's a cyber chase wiki because the bird the Gilbert Godfrey bird is named Digit. Okay. That's something I can tell you for certain. Uh, outside of that, the bad guy's named Hacker. Let's see characters. The Cyber Chase Wiki, powered ha- by Wiki. Oh, okay, we got it. It's Jackie, Inez, and Matt. I think at one point in the in the in this episode here, they called her Inez. Oh, Inez. I mean, it makes sense with the cyber theme. She's like an Apple product, right? I'll I'll just give a kind of a quick summary of what happens in this episode, and then we'll just kind of go from there uh so you mentioned the hacker which is probably so one of the biggest things you you mentioned already that digit voiced by uh comedian gilbert godfried who a lot of people will know as iago from aladdin or just by his distinctive voice maybe as the the aflac Aflac duck the aflac duck and playing the role of the hacker is christopher lloyd aka doc brown from back to the future and you know what i didn't remember either of those like as someone who watched the show before, I basically knew who famous actors or celebrities were. I was shocked by the voice cast they were able to score for Cyber Chase. There's, like, no one in Arthur that's this star-studded. No, certainly not. Well, at least when when it is, it's, like, a one-off. 
They don't have right, like, like celebrities. Mr. Rogers, um, the Backstreet Boys, but nobody who's a regular character. Yeah, these these guys are in it. I think there might be a couple of episodes where like a sound alike is playing Digit instead of Gilbert Gottfried. Like they would have only gotten him for like a certain amount of episodes, but I can't I can't verify that a hundred percent. We have to talk about this theme song. Oh yeah, we do totally. The Cyber Chase theme song, one word, funky. This thing, it it's got rhythm. It slaps. It goes hard. Um, it sounds like it's being sung by someone who it almost sounds like English isn't their first language, or maybe they're like British or something, and they're trying to put on an American accent. Like, it, something's a little bit off by the vocal performance, but I'm kind of into it. They're beating Hacker at his game. And they'll get him every time. Yeah, like, that kind of stilted delivery. Maybe it's just what they wanted the song to sound like, but there is something just a little bit off about it, but I think that makes it all the more memorable. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I, I could just take it as, like, well, maybe they weren't trying 100% on this one. I, I, don't, I, guess, I guess I don't have a lot to add about the uh, the theme song itself. It's It's pretty good, like, as far as intros to kids' shows go, especially when it's <laughs> PBS, it's... Uh, funky is a good word for it. I think you kind of said all, all said all that needed to be said. On the spectrum of between Spider Riders and the Arthur theme, I think it's somewhere in the middle. Okay. The whole thing of this is that the hacker wants to create, uh, wants to clone himself, and he decides to do it like three times. But instead, we get the whole episode thread of that he's creating clones of one of his henchmen. So there's, I, I managed to get this down. There's the tall one whose name is Delete. And then the one that's shaped like an oval is Buzz. And this is as good a time as any to bring this up. Uh, it remains now as well as when I was a little kid. These are definitely, by far, my favorite characters in the show. As a kid, it was mostly just because I was way into robots. But now, as comedic relief, uh, these guys are really standouts, especially among the non-celebrity cast. I suppose so. Uh, I think you feel maybe a little bit stronger about it than I do. I did. I think the line, the, the line of the episode, like the, uh, the, the the funniest performances here. I think, I if it's if it's not them, it's Gilbert Gottfried. So, I the lines that I have written down, one is by Digit, and the, one of them is by the two of these guys. So fair, <laughs> fair enough. First of all, there's a shot where the hacker uses his device to. Uh, uh, clone three hero sandwiches, which I was hungry when I was watching this, and I was like, oh, man, I could go for three hero sandwiches. <laughs> so the whole thing of, like, Delete in this episode has a cold, and he keeps sneezing, and, man, if you don't like the sound of sneezing, you're not going to like this episode. There is a lot of sneezing. Right off the bat, for a show that prides itself to be based on math and real-world science, there's all sort of logical inconsistencies here. Um... <laughs> For instance, Hacker's plan is to clone himself to create an army to uh, do chaos, I guess. He's kind of like the Joker. He doesn't seem to have a very a motivation that's clear. He just kind of wants to do bad stuff. Uh, but when he's deciding how many of himself to clone, he just goes he says 3 is a nice number to begin with and sets it to 3 and then it accidentally gets pointed at the hero sandwiches and then at is it dig is it delete? Uh, yeah, one? yeah, delete. But yeah, it's just <laughs> odd. Also, a robot has a cold. Yes, yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, I don't want to be... I know, I, maybe I'm getting a little nitpicky. I just, I had a couple problems with this setup. 
I mean, I just kind of let it all wash over me because I knew that this <laughs> is like this is probably the last time I'm going to be watching Cyber Chase in my life. So I'm like, all right, I, I'll I'll just let this go for the sake of whatever. Listen, Will, I respect the process. I need to dissect this analytically. <laughs> I will say, though, you're probably right. They probably weren't thinking about, you know, the lore of why this robot has a cold. The writers were probably thinking, okay, how are we going to work some math problems into this? Yeah, I, I, I think the story Bible was uncracked for this for this, uh, this, for this episode. Uh, Fun fact, though, yo. I will say this. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Cyber Chase lore... I do think that Gilbert Gottfried's character was originally aligned with Hacker and then went over to the kids' side later on in the early in season one. Well, you'd, you'd probably you'd probably know better than me, unfortunately. I can't corroborate that, but that sounds like something that would happen in like the, the like the episode one, episode two, two parter if it exists. You know what I mean? I th- I think you're right on the money with that one. Or like the direct to video. Like the bundling together the first three episodes, and it's like Cyber Chase, the movie that oh they would put God. on VHS. Teen Titans in Tokyo. They did. I remember they did that with Batman Beyond. It was like the first two, first two or three episodes. I was like Batman Beyond, the movie. I mean, I, I think I've seen it edited together as Batman Beyond the movie, and it's a hell of. I love Batman Beyond. Batman Beyond is sweet, man. That whole era of. Uh, I mean, hey, D- DC not exactly killing it on the movie front, but it's been uh, on top of the animated game for d- decades because... Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, you got Batman the Animated Series in the 90s, Batman Beyond. Then after that was like Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, Young Justice, Teen, <sighs> Teen Titans, like you said. Justice League Unlimited is so good. Yes. What is that What is that Batman animated series movie? Mask of the Phantasm or something? That's That's the one, yeah. Yeah, that movie's that movie might be the best Batman movie secretly. It may be. Uh I also really like Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. That's a that's a really fun movie too. You know, there's the three kids, there's uh Digit the Parrot, and there's the villains. There's also one other uh regular character, I believe, and it's kind of her name is Mother B. Yeah, uh Mother B I, I mean, listen. We're being a little rude to this educational children's show, but I might just say it. Mother B sucks. Yeah? Her character design sucks. I think she looks like a drawing from the <laughs> from the book The Stinky Cheese Man. Did you ever read that one? Oh, I see. I feel like that's an insult to the stinky cheese man, but I totally know what you're saying. Yeah. Um it looks maybe like, the stu- it looks the style all... is evocative of the stinky cheese man. Oh, I'm sorry, the uh the fire truck's coming to stop my bad takes. These hot takes are too hot that the fire truck's coming to put it out. Uh, okay, drove away. Yeah. Um. The st- the style is evocative of the Sticky Cheese Man, but the animation is very like reboot, like early, early CG. Yeah. It's uh. It I I just, I just it makes me think of that just because it looks all patched together, like all the drawings in in that book. But uh, like I don't know what kind of a uh, presence on the show that she normally is, but she seemed, she was kind of in and out, you know, we didn't, we kind of saw her early on and then she was never heard from again. She's kind of like, like the Oracle to bring back to a Batman reference. She's like the Oracle or something. She's kind of like the one that dispatches the three kids on missions or whatever. Okay. Um, 
I will say though, I like I think my biggest problem is that she's the only 3D object in the entire show, so she sticks out like a sore thumb, like it looks terrible. Right. I will say I wrote down here that as soon as Gilbert Gottfried started talking, like something about his voice and and, and this and this is the intention of course because his voice his comedic voice is pretty much a put on, but like as soon as I hear him I like at least crack up a little. It's I think it's I think it's like a Pavlov response at this point, because, you know, as a kid, I was used to hearing him as like Yago and then all the commercials he's been in where and, and just that being his whole persona of just, you know, he's just like, hey, guys, we got to go and get the, the hacker and that, da, 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 da. you know, it's just kind of makes me laugh. I also say I, I like the performance of the hacker as well while we're talking about the celebrity voices. Yeah. I, um, I, it, it fits the character very well because usually he plays sort of, I mean, in some things he's a villain, like who framed Roger Rabbit, but a lot of times people know him as Doc Brown, like a heroic character. Uh, so it's fun to see his voice take on a sinister role. Yeah. It, it's, uh, I wrote down here as well that he, like, he's in rare form on this one. It's just kind of taking that familiar voice and putting a little bit of a sinister edge to it, just like, I'm going to get those Cybertrace kids and, clo- <laughs> and clone myself three times. Especially considering he doesn't... The, the, the script he's working with isn't, let's say... You know, we're not talking about a William Gibson novel here. This is some pretty <laughs> rudimentary stuff. Uh, but he does a lot with what little he has. He sure does. If you've ever seen those... Uh, piranha movies he's in at least one of those and he he does try he does try since this episode is about cloning uh i i thought about doing a supercut of all the times that they say clone but that's going to take me like as much time as it will take me to edit this episode so forget it they just like not not to mention that the guest character in this episode whose name is cy clone so Ugh. so great. his this name is a, this his... is a great time to bring up that uh, possibly the worst aspect of this entire show uh, is the incessant and constant puns. Yeah, it is. It 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 literally, as I was watching this, was sapping my life force. <laughs> yeah, uh, I Cyclone's the only one I can think of. Uh, did you did you manage to think uh, take down any other ones that were kind of egregious? Oh, I, I try to write uh, down a couple other ones. Matt, in particular, was a repeat offender. Uh, in fact, I think there's a port part where Matt and Cyclone are talking to each other. Matt makes a pun. And Cyclone, who is like this Texan, he's like this over-the-hill Texan clone hunter. He's basically Woody, Woody Harrelson's character from No Country for Old Men. Uh, <laughs> I, I, he... wrote, I wrote down he's like the PBS Kids version of Logan. That's also a great example um, there's at some point where he's talking to Matt and Matt makes a terrible pun. Um, and Cyclone goes, earth humor. I love it. <laughs> um, also I will say one of the biggest puns that made me bad was, uh, the theme park they go to in this episode is called our fair city, which is just terrible. That's just awful. Our fair what, city sorry? as in the letter R F A I R city. Yeah. As opposed to oh. our fair city. Get it? Oh. Oh, I get it now. Okay, I, I feel like if I had visually seen that, I might have they get, gotten it They pass a sign a at some point, but, but uh, it's uh, it's not great. Well, it's, I mean, it's not, mm. it's not bad. It's just kind of, eh. 
I've, heard, I've definitely heard worse. Let's say that. Um, I think since you're talking about kind of th- that was the that was the weakest aspect for you. Um, I feel like a lot of people may have differing opinions on how the show looks, the aesthetic of the show. Uh, it's very angular. Some a lot of broad shading I'm looking at right now. Uh, it's very colorful too. It just kind of reminds me a lot of a style that would have been popular in like the early 2000s. Uh, I think the big thing for me is the non-human characters work a lot better than the human characters. Okay. Like, I think the robots and I think Digit look great. Even the hacker. The hacker, I think, is a great character design. He's just green. He's got that giant chin, the slick back hair, the giant collar. Uh, but the human characters look a little odd. Yeah, especially, like, Cyclone. He's got that weird chin sticking out. It's like yeah, especially How especially fickle... when the three humans, when the three human kids, like look pretty normal. So I guess to like, so again to set up the episode. So he points the cloning machine at his sneezing robot, and then something malfunctions, and now every time the robot sneezes, he makes three copies of himself. Right. Um. And this completely distracts Hacker from his plan of cloning himself a billion times, and he just thinks he's gonna replace. All the staff at this amusement park with the the, the robot clones, and, and the kids just happen to be there. <laughs> they enlist the help of Cyclone, who is a like some manner of like clone hunter or something. He's got like a Luigi's Mansion ghost vacuum on his back, and uh, he is somebody that hunts down clones, and I don't know, like sucks them up into his vacuum or whatever. So he's kind of like seen it all. He's kind of old and washed up and so they uh the clones are multiplying in terms of three and this is how they incorporate so if you go on their wikipedia episode list it's like the top it'll be like the title of the episode and then which kind of uh educational topic they talk about so in this one it's obviously like multiplication because every time delete sneezes there are three more of them come out so they have to figure out well how do we know how many uh clones there are and so essentially they end up using multiplication just in terms of threes and they do this with a lot of other like math and science topics and i wonder uh well maybe you can answer this lucas do you find that you learned anything by watching cyber chase or like anything that you learned at school that was reinforced by watching an educational program like this now, it's difficult because it's been so long that I can't remember any specific examples. I absolutely actually did uh, learn something from this very episode uh, that I've kept with me my entire life. It just wasn't a math tip. Uh, there's something later on in the episode that has stuck with me for some reason. It's kind of crazy because you picked the episode. Um, it's kind of crazy that you picked this one because there is something in this episode that has stuck with me my entire life. And I'll talk, bring it up when we get to it. Uh, but it's definitely not going to be something you expect. Well, I mean, uh, well, I mean, we're going a little bit nonlinear. So you might, yeah. you might as well bring it up now so we don't forget. Uh, oh, trust me, I'll remember. There's a basically this show is very similar to Arthur, where there's kind of two phases: the the animation phase, and there's the uh, their version of Word from Us Kids. Oh, it's called, uh, oh okay. Uh, yeah, there's something in that segment. Uh, but anyway, before we get too far ahead of this like original premise, I do want to say with all the clone talk, this it gets almost philosophical. Uh, the, again, a little bit of a stretch, but the, uh, delete and what's the short one called again? Buzz. Delete and Buzz uh, are sort of hatching their plan, and Buzz is ordering around Delete's clones, 
and uh, Delete is sort of complaining that Buzz isn't being fair to his clones, and 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 Buzz is like, "Why do you care? They're just clones." And he's like, "But they're still me." And I'm like, "Wow, Cyber Chase is basically Soma." <laughs> Oh, man, kids are not ready for what's... Like, I wasn't ready for what Soma had to say to me. <laughs> Which clone's the real delete? Oh, man, and then at the end... Uh, oh, I almost, spo- almost spoiled... Spoilers. I almost spoiled Soma. I'm not going to do that. Spoilers. No way. Kids, go play Soma. And uh, Another question about the voices. So, the girl with the glasses, yeah. uh, her name is, as you said, I... Oh, I have to bring Ine- this up again. Inez. Inez. Did her voice strike you as familiar? Yeah, and I looked her up. I looked up her voice actor, and I'm not sure if there was anything that stuck out to me, but let me... She... I'm looking at her right now. So she's Anik Obonsawin. Excuse me if I pronounce that uh, improperly. Uh, She's Canadian. Um, She's voiced characters on Total Drama, uh, the film The Nut Job. Uh, she's Helda in George Shrinks. She's Skunk in Franklin. She was actually um, she's actually the voice of Slappy the Dummy on Goosebumps, which is a bit of a pull. She's also a pop punk musician, apparently. She was even a voice on Arthur. And she is uh, a First Nations woman, which is very cool. Uh, who did she play on Arthur? Uh, so. In 2015, she was the voice of Angie Vanderloo. So we don't, we have, we will. It'll be a while before we get there. Uh, Elwood City Limits fans, keep note of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and we'll and we'll see and we'll see you in 2025 or whenever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I her voice did sound familiar, but I couldn't really take it from anything. Uh, like I don't really recognize any of those credits, so maybe just something that I, one of the many voices that made up my uh, childhood in front of the TV. So, and a lot of this episode between you know the delete clones being made and then rounding them up, Inez is the one who's kind of figuring out the whole multiplication thing, and so a lot of this episode is just cutting back to Inez, who is with this robot who runs the circus, and she's got, like, a Jersey accent, so it's Inez teaching this Jersey robot how to multiply. So it's like, you know, uh, it's like three times three is nine. It's like, so that would make three times four 12 or something. I also thought it was a really funny juxtaposition to have all this advanced technology that can't figure out third-grade map. It almost seemed like this show takes place in, like, the idiocracy universe or something where they have all this advanced technology, but they've advanced so far that nobody actually knows anything. Yeah. Yeah, really. Uh, Inez even using like a cool electronic pen. Ooh. Thought that, thought that was kind of neat. A, a little, a little um, uh, useless isn't the word, but a little silly, but uh, also kind of neat. You mentioned that everybody kind of splits up and Inez is with this robot just trying to figure out basic math. Meanwhile, Matt has teamed up with Cyclone uh, to physically catch all the clones and is, as you said, Luigi's Mansion uh, Ghostbusters vacuum thing. Uh, There's this odd sting where when everybody's being assigned their roles, uh, Matt's like, Cyclone, where am I gonna go? And he's like, you're coming with me, kid. And then... The Magnificent Seven theme just plays, and it's not like a few notes off. It's just the Magnificent Seven theme, and I'm like, I do not think they cleared that. <laughs> I didn't notice that at all because I, I I don't think I'd recognize it. Uh, it's like da 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 
Oh, I'm doing a terrible job. If you heard it though, you would recognize it on the spot. It's like Yeah, yeah, okay. That makes sense. Maybe it's royalty free, but I was like very it was very jarring to hear that out of nowhere. I I mean, I do rec- I I do recognize that sting now that you mentioned it, but maybe I wasn't paying close enough attention. Uh, glad that glad that you caught that though. Um, right about here. Uh, I well, I will I will say as it goes for this whole cyclone thing, like his uh character arc is that like he's feels like he's old and washed up. Like at, there's a couple points where he like stops to catch his breath. And he's like, I'm too old for this kid. By the way, I love Sai's voice. Uh, oh, I. I I love size whole stick. Like I love it when there it's obviously like a trope and I love it when like kids shows play on like adult show tropes. Uh the washed up like one day from retirement I'm too old for this. Uh, and he's had some great lines too. At some point he talks about how he can smell the clones. He's like I smell them. Yeah. <laughs> uh <laughs> um and all of his like just like he's got a very uh, what's that guy Donald Glover in Lethal Weapon kind of vibe coming from him. Uh, Danny Glover, Donald Glover, Danny Glover. Donald Excuse Glo- me. Do- yes, Donald Glover has yet to be in a Lethal Weapon movie. No, oh, that would be pretty cool. Son of Lethal Weapon. Hmm. Son of Lethal Weapon. <laughs> okay, who's uh, who's the Mel Gibson role? If Di- if Donald Glover is uh, taking over for his father, Danny Glover. Give me a second. So maybe who would I get maybe to? somebody Australian, somebody who can play crazy, so, or somebody who can play on the edge. Maybe one of the the um, Hemsworth brothers. Hmm, that seems a little too yeah. plain Jane vanilla. Kristen Bell. <laughs> I mean, I guess we could open it up to to it being a f- female. Uh, yeah. Maybe maybe somebody like I feel like Kate McKinnon could do uh, good crazy. There you go. That would be that would work, and she yeah, and she could do a solid Australian accent, even though she's not Australian. <laughs> All right, so Kate McKinnon and Donald Glover—that's a uh, son of Lethal Weapon. <laughs> While we're making pop culture references, it was about halfway through this episode that I wrote down the note: uh, "This show is basically bad educational Rick and Morty." Uh, and again, that might be a little bit of a stretch, but I stand by it. I kind of see what you're talking about. Like the the aesthetic of it all kind of reminds me a bit of Brick and Morty. We <laughs> go to all these places. Yeah. It's like all these weird like um Cyclone almost feels like he came out of a Rick and Morty episode. Yeah. He seems like a one-off Rick and Morty character, except in that show he would be called Cyclone, he'd be called Doopy Poopy Pants or something. <laughs> Boy, you really think highly of the uh of the no, no, no. <laughs> they, I, I, I love Rick and Morty, but they say it themselves. They're bad at naming stuff. <laughs> okay, that's actually not. That's actually not a bad thing. It's like if Rick and Morty had any kind of uh, optimism or or drive to uh, educate people, it might look a little bit like this. You know what I mean? Very. <laughs> oh, Rick! I don't know how to do my three times tables. Uh, oh, oh, okay, Morty. So, uh, here's what you do. Okay, you you take three, and then uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, add another three to it, and then then, then you get six, Morty. <laughs> oh, jeez, Rick. I'd I'd rather watch Rick and Morty teach me basic math than listen to them promote a new logic mixtape. So you know what? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> there's worse things out there. What What about if they were in a Run the Jewels music video? See, that's way better. Yeah. You know what? 
anything's better than listening to them promote the new Logic mixtape. Ooh, speaking of hot takes. Oh, God. Did you see that video, Will? I didn't. It's it's very cringeworthy. He's like, oh, Rick, can you give me the aux cord? I want to play some Logic. And he's like, oh, Morty, do you want to play mixtape Logic or do you want to play uh, album Logic? It's just like, oh, this is that's this is bad. That's uh, that's rather <laughs> transparent. I am going to look this up and cringe right along with you. Anyway, um, Cyber Chase, <laughs> or, uh, or or uh, or as we, as as I guess you could refer to it, PBS Kids Rick and Morty. We get more into a uh, uh, hacker's kind of incompetency. He there's multiple parts of this episode where hacker could have won the day. It's one of those kid show things where the villain's kind of foils himself. He's just like totally incompetent. Uh, Digit is trying to stealth his way into Happer, Hacker's ship, which I made a note. I love the design of Hacker's ship. It's really cool. Yeah. It's like a totally original spaceship design. Like, it's got that big green orb on the bottom, and it's it's got one big exhaust. It just, it, it looks really huge compared to everything else. Yeah, it's very green. There's a lot of green to it, which is part of his aesthetic. So, he's on brand. So, uh... Hacker just now remembers that he could use the clone machine to also clone himself, but just as he's about to do that and basically take over the universe, uh, Digit, like, cuts a hole in the window, and I guess the vacuum of space doesn't apply, uh, and then Hacker accidentally clones all these, like, giant, uh, fluorescent tubes and traps himself, uh... And, and then Digit gets the cloning machine. I kind of lost the track here. Yeah, the, uh, I'll s- yeah, he does get the cloning machine. That's kind of the the end of that whole thing. Uh, I will say there, right around here is is one of the funny line deliveries I noted. Uh, it's between Delete and Buzz. Uh, I, I'll also mention that Delete is also shrinking every time he sneezes. So, oh yeah, again, the science of this continues to baffle me. The fact that once you've been cloned, every time there's another clone, you shrink. In order to try and stop sneezing, Delete put a clothespin on his nose, and he's and he says to Buzz, "In case you haven't noticed, I have a clothespin on my nose." And then Buzz says, <laughs> "Oh yeah, I was gonna ask about that." I don't know. I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, I love the Delete and Buzz are from Brooklyn. Yeah, there's a lot of like new regional New York accents, or New York, New Jersey. I guess it did, for any of you who care about that sort of thing. Anyway, through the power of math, uh, which I'll say as an adult, watching people do third grade math sucks. Yeah. I know I know we're not the intended person for this show. <laughs> I, we're being very unfair, but hey, it's a podcast about this kid's show. What else did you want us to do? Uh, I'm sure it's great for kids, but for me, I was like, wow, this this is not something I want to watch. Um, well, after that, they, they come to the conclusion that there's like hundreds of delete clones um, and Cyclone uh, decides the only way to defeat them, I remembered another pun, Will, it's to take them on Clono a Clono. Oh, okay, that's wretched. That's wrong. Which I wrote, I, I wrote down Clono a Clono almost killed me. <laughs> oh, that's that's really bad. That's, that, so, that's inexcusable. <laughs> so he decides to clone himself to stop all the clones, um, and then he shrinks... I'm running out of notes here. Hacker shows up, and then he picks up the small one, and there's a misunderstanding. Um, I know Delete and Buzz, Delete's sick of being small, and, and Buzz, as a good friend, is worried about him. So they decide to make a, 
a sort of a peace pact with the kids and use all the clones. I guess all the clones that get sucked to the vacuum, you could shoot the back end of the person to make the normal sized. <laughs> so they do that. I mean, you're you're, uh, you're you're doing great here, pal. I mean, I didn't. Thank you. I didn't really write down. Uh, <laughs> believe it or not, the plot of a s- episode of Cyber Chase doesn't come back to me as uh, reliably as an episode of Arthur does. So, and they saved the day with the power of math. Yeah. the The other funny thing that I liked was uh, uh, Inez when the group's all together again. She just explain she explains the thing of like multiplication is really just adding the same number to itself a bunch of times. And then Gilbert Gottfried is digit just goes it is. And I just <laughs> and I just like I just liked how Gilbert Gottfried for money had to pretend that he didn't know what multiplication was. Uh, Again, I love this idiocracy future with all these, like, because Gilbert Gottfried's not just a parrot. He's like a cybernetic parrot. Yeah. I love all this advanced computerized technology that can't solve simple math problems. I will also say that, you you know, you mentioned that watching kids figure out multiplication is not a whole lot of fun. It did make me feel good about how much mental math that I put in my brain when I was at school. Like, that was a big part of math class, and I thought that I would never use it and I'd never be good at it, but, like, mental math is something that comes really easily to me these days, and so I'm. I this made me very glad that it does, because having to go through the painstaking multiplication modules that they have to go through to solve this, solve this case, uh, yeah, it got to be a little much after a while. I will say, though, you know what? Props to... We've been dunking on Cyber Chase a lot. Props to Cyber Chase... Their logic was very sound on how they explained that, you know, doing 3 plus 3 plus 3 plus 3 plus 3 plus 3 plus 3 like you won the lottery in Canada and you have to solve a basic math problem can be a little bit difficult because you lose your place. So if you know what 3 times 10 is, it's 30. Add another 3, that's 33. And then if you need to do 3 times 12, you add another 3 to that, it's 36. That's a good way to explain how to do mental math to kids. Oh, yeah. And, like, don't get me don't get me wrong. Uh uh, we we haven't been like glowing with praise about this show, but I do think it's a cool way to get a bunch. Like I was looking at the different topics that they cover, like it's vast, and they think of something different for each show, which must be not only di- uh, difficult to write, but also kind of difficult to make interesting for kids. And I think that they do a pretty 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 good job of it. I mean, obviously we're outside of the demographic, but uh, obviously it worked for you when you were young, Lucas. Yeah, and all like I don't think I when I was a kid. Um, I don't think I could differentiate between educational tele at this age, at a very young age, I could differentiate between educational television, and regular television. It was just a show I liked. Yeah, I watched Cyber Chase because I thought Hacker and the robots were funny, and I liked seeing them in, in space and stuff. It wasn't because of the math problems; that was just sort of the spice along the way. And so it probably taught me things without me noticing it. It's the same with like Veggie Tales, believe it or not. Like I'm not religious at all. Uh, nor are my parents, I think. They just got me the tapes because I loved them. But I just really liked Veggie Tales because I liked seeing the talking vegetables. Yeah. Not because I was that invested in all these Bible stories. And the songs were fun. The songs were fun. Um, Maybe we should do that but yeah, that's... next year for April Fool's, some Veggie Tales. Ooh. Uh, but that's basically the episode. They save the day, Hacker gets away. Uh, and then we get... Uh, uh, enough of this virtual reality stuff, Will. It's time to get real. Stay right where you are. It's Cyber Chase for real. Oh, that's the drop. You ready to get? That, that's you ready to get real with me? That's the drop. That's the drop right there. That's where we put it in. You know, it's like how I'm always like an hour word from us kids. It's you saying it's time to get real because you're. Let's get real. Yeah, this is Cyber Chase for real. So, 
uh, I didn't really... Th- the, the person who hosts this, uh, this part of the episode, I didn't really get her name. Do we know who she is? I, I don't know who she is, unfortunately. She does an incredible job, though. She is, like... There's an art to being a children's show, a children's magazine show host. I think the the top tier of that tier list is, of course, Jay Baruchel and that other girl uh, of, of popular mechanics for kids fame. They're like the all-time greats at that. But this girl does a really good job. She's charismatic, um, and she's got an amazing delivery where at the very end of this, she talks about how she was tired all day, and she would gladly take on a later shift, and then the guy's like, it's at 2, okay? And she's like, that's great! And he's like, 2 a.m. And she's like, oh, no! I, I, I did get a kick out of this. It's, um... You know, it's not the best thing I've ever seen or anything like that. But so the whole thing is this. uh, So this cyber chase correspondent, I'll call her, is uh, working in a donut shop. And a Krispy Kreme. It's Brandon. Oh, is it? I was like shocked. Oh, yeah. Oh, it is a Krispy you see Kreme. the Krispy Kreme. You see the Krispy Kreme logo. Everybody's wearing the Krispy Kreme hats. I was like, wow. They like just straight up was like, this is a Krispy Kreme. Yeah, I totally didn't notice that. I, I we do, we have Tim Hortons down here in Canada. Uh, not Krispy Kreme, so I'm not used to the way it looks. Uh, yeah, and so she learns how to make donuts and then uh, actually ends up using multiplication. Like, I was kind of wondering why we were talking about donuts after everything that happened, and then eventually she comes around to like, oh, I need to make this many donuts, and I can figure this out by multiplying. I'm like, oh, okay. Much like word from us kids, sometimes the... The relate the correlation between Cyber Chase for real and the actual Cyber Chase episode is a little bit loose. Uh, and I did get a kick out of so it's all kind of filmed like a word from us kids. It's but they give they they kind of give everybody who's there who are real people they give them like scenarios, and when they give the real people lines to say it, it of course they're not professional actors or anything, so it comes out kind of stilted but it, it was filmed it in a charming way like i had just watched some eric andre on the weekend so it kind of just reminded me of like the way hannibal burris talks in the segment that's really funny uh i'll have to go back and watch it because that's that's a really funny comparison this is like i i, I almost expect her to ask if like he listens to waka flocka and is like <laughs> that's a that's a man kind of thing <laughs> so well yeah before we move on would you like to hear the part of this episode of Cyber Chase that has stuck with me in my 23 years of age. I was blown away when I saw this. I said, oh my god, this is where this is from. Of course I do. Uh, when she is given the task of preparing 12 donuts for sale. Mm-hmm. And she's preparing them improperly and putting the sprinkles on individually on each donut. And it takes her like all morning, and then the guy's like, "I'll show you an easier way to do it." And she, he takes the whole donut and dips the donut into the sprinkles instead of putting the sprinkles on the donut. That is what taught me how people put sprinkles on donut. And I have thought about this one scene. I don't think I've remembered it's from Cyber Chase, but I've thought about this image of the guy dumping the donut in every time I've seen like a donut with sprinkles on it since. Really? It's like the one thing from this entire show that has stuck with me this long. I mean, it is memorable in its own way. I'll give you that. I don't know why, but that's just what taught me how donuts got the sprinkles on them. Oh, I'm glad that's... Otherwise, otherwise, I would have thought they just sprinkled the on like the girl was doing. But this way seems a lot more efficient. It sure does. And it gets a, and it gets a better spread of sprinkles, too. Ensures maximum sprinklage. 
Uh, so that, that's essentially the end of the episode. Uh, I did a little bit of digging on this Cyberchase uh, Wikipedia page just because I was kind of interesting. You want to hear something that did I... Did you go to pbskids.org slash Cyberchase? <laughs> that super cool website that's advertised at the end with like the rollerblading kids and it's like... <laughs> it's PBS Kids slash Cyberchase. Play all the games. No, I did not. I, I You know what? Maybe I should have tried and... Uh, seen if that was still up but no no i did i did not uh i was just kind of checking out i actually wanted to see if there were any other uh big guest stars like you know we've got christopher lloyd we've got gilbert Gottfried, and just to see if any other prominent voices made it i did get a couple of good lines from the wikipedia page this one i think will be interesting to you. uh so i'm quoting here cyber chase has had many guest stars over the years including Tony Hawk. Oh man. Tony Hawk and his high voice were in an episode. I mean Isn't that the most I want Isn't that the most 2002 thing you've ever heard? So was he in the Cyber Chase for Real segment or was he like was there like a virtual Tony Hawk who had like a hoverboard? No, he was like voicing a character. Ooh. Flex fle- flexing those acting muscles. Uh, we, I also looked and saw that <laughs> not, not since the episode of sweet life on deck where Tony Hawk shows up on the cruise ship <laughs> or the, or the episode of the Simpsons for that matter. Oh man. Tony Hawk. Hey, what a treasure Tony Hawk is. Hey, eh? <laughs> let's just take a moment to appreciate how great Tony Hawk is. Tony Hawk got around. He did his thing, man. He's, and you know what? I hate to get a de- be a downer here, mm. but, uh, never been problematic in the news. You know, never said anything out of turn, has never done anything out of turn. He just, he's old and he likes to skateboard. It's true. He's, I'd go so far as calling him a generational touchstone. Mm, a role model. Sure. Okay. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I wasn't really thinking about it, but you did make a good case for him being a role model, especially for uh, kids who are skateboard minded. I never was, but especially, I enjoyed Especially because Will... He's the only pro skateboarder I can think of that always wore elbow pads, knee pads, and a helmet. Oh, right. Take that, Bob Burnquist. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Eric Costin. That's a, we're coming for you. Chad Muska, watch your back. <laughs> uh, How many skateboarders can Will and Lucas name? Uh, Rodney Mullen. <laughs> oh, wow. Ooh, Rodney Mullen. Nice pull. Bam Margera, technically. Ugh, okay, we're losing the track right. here. I'm just going through the, the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater roster in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Careful, I might get to Dave Mira next, which doesn't count. Uh, <laughs> Matt Hoffman. <Yeah. laughs> um, there was also a note here that this is something for our Canadian, especially any Quebecois listeners that we have. Roche Voisine plays a penguin that plays hockey. Are you familiar with Roche Voisine? I'm going to embarrass myself here and say, no, I am not. Well, I figured there would be a better chance of the two of us than since we're here in Nova Scotia. He's somebody that you may have heard in, like, French class. He's like a, he's a uh, Quebecois singer. Oh, okay. I, I'm just used to that being a kind of name there. So that is... What was his, what was his big hit? Oh, gosh, I couldn't tell you. Uh, was it, like, that song that's, like, it's that cover of uh, Oh, What a Night, but it's in French, and it's like, C'est cela. <laughs> That's like the only French song I know. I'll have you know that he's an officer in the Order of Canada and won the Juno Award for Male Vocalist of the Year in 1994. Oh my gosh. I apologize. I'm sorry, Rosh. So, uh, 
looks like his big hit is Ellen, like the name Ellen, in 1989. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> that is that episode of Cyber Chase. Send in the clones. Um, if you don't mind, I'll, what, I'll just kind of what? No emails? No Cyber Chase emails? <laughs> not quite. Not this time. Uh, so if you don't mind, I'll just kind of give my quick feelings on it because I'd like to hear what you thought of it all these years later in just a sec. Um, the episode wasn't bad. It certainly, uh, I wasn't expecting a lot because it was a show that I didn't really interact with when I was younger and it was, it was pretty okay. I I will say though, and I think this is just the way that I'm used to watching PBS kids shows, which is Arthur basically. And that's that having the episode kind of split up. And so my attention doesn't get, get a whole lot of time to wander with this one. It's basically one big story and I find and I found that it went pretty slow. It moved pretty slow for me. And of course, add to the fact that it's like, yes, it's kids figuring out how to multiply by threes, which, you know, is kind of uh, patience testing in its own way. Uh, but at the same time, don't want to fault it too much. Uh, I thought the the visuals of it were interesting and eye catching. I love the idea of using love like teaching kids about math and science in the way that they do. So. I can't say that it's my favorite anything, but I'm glad that it existed slash, I guess, still exists. I guess we're still getting Cyber Chase episodes into 2018. Lucas, all these years later, your feelings on Cyber Chase. Uh, so it is not something I would watch for fun in an <laughs> afternoon. Okay. Uh, but I think that that doesn't really matter because... Me as a child really enjoyed it, and that's the intended audience, right? I think it worked just as advertised. It's a show for kids to teach them about math and also have cool space stuff. I'll also say that things that still work for me as an adult uh, were definitely the hacker and his two minions. I'm a sucker for that kind of that minion character. Like I said, like the dumb robots from Sonic X. I love bumbling minions, Uh, and so these guys... Uh, really showed through, and I would watch their segment. They, their segments are maybe something I would get a kick out of today, uh, as well as uh, Doc Brown's performance as the hacker was something I really, really appreciated. Mm. Uh, but I would basically skip anything that had to do with the kids and them solving math problems. Like you said, I think I wrote that down too, that uh, we're so used to watching Arthur, and it's like, okay, one 10-minute story, one 10-minute story. And by the halfway point, every time they cut back to that multiplication board, I was like, oh, man, I'm feeling this 24 minutes. Um, Cyclone, another really positive aspect. Uh, I really liked his, he literally does walk into the sunset at the end of this episode. So I don't think we'll see much more of Cyclone in the future, but I got a kick out of him. Uh, but yeah, I, I think my comparison is apt. I'm glad that there's a Rick and Morty for kids to learn math from. <laughs> uh, the more high concept a kid show is the better. And so for kids to have like a science fiction show like this, and I'm talking really little, little kids, uh, I think it's fine for that. It's just... I mean, this probably goes without saying, guys, but it's not as good as Arthur. No, but of course, few few things few things in in this world are. But I am glad that we picked this. It was cool to get your uh, perspective on things now that we are a little bit older, a little bit wiser, and have the uh, the benefit of hindsight. And I'm glad that in a in a in a sense, it did uh, it did hold up for you, or at least hold up for uh your uh childhood expectations so i'm very glad to hear now that. 
before we say goodbye, Will, yes. I gotta know this. So, what would you rather watch another episode of? You ready for this? Yep. This is uh, I, the oh man, I'm excited for this one because I do not know your answer. Would you rather watch an episode of Zaboobafu or an episode of Cyber Chase? Okay, it's a real Sophie's choice. Uh, kind of. I'm gonna say. I think Zaboomafu. Like I, I You know what? I also I also think I'd pick Zaboomafu. And I think it's a case of just the fact that like like I was listening to by the way, ch- check out our April Fool's episode from last year, Zabooma Dudes. I was re-listening to a bit of that episode and then at the very end I forgot like how negative we were on that show. But I think that's kinda like we were negative on it, but there was a lot to talk about and it was like it kind of had like a you you got to see it to believe it factor to it. Cyber Chase is kind of like just kind of solid, not really not really terrible, not really tremendous. Just kind of at least for at least in my opinion, kind of in the middle. So there's less to less to talk about, less to sink your teeth into. Zabumafu is like, what am I even looking at? Oh my gosh! I just remember. Those amazing performances from the crap, the crap brothers. Like, there's something about live action children's television where people are talking in a way that no sane human being would like speak to one another uh, in order to keep the attention of the kids. That is just magnificent to watch. It's like train wreck TV. You can't turn away from Zafumafu. Just like, oh my god, it's a horse. And then we're in this time-traveling interdimensional shack in the middle of the jungle. And what's going on here? I just remember the Crap Brothers jumping off the walls in a way where I think I also would prefer to watch another episode of Zafumafu. Not to say anything bad about Cyber Chase. Uh, if anything, it's far more consistent. Uh, but... Man, Zabumafu. Well, that's about it. Thanks for joining us for the inaugural episode of Cyber Mates, probably the last one. Had some fun talking about this. Hope your April Fools has been good. And uh, yeah, of course, we'll be back soon uh, talking about Arthur. So don't you worry. But for now, it was fun to, uh, uh, to fool you a little bit with this episode of Cyber Mates. Uh, for that, my name's Will Young, and for Lucas Mancini. Oh yeah, I love plans. <laughs> see you, see you on the next Cybermates. Nah, probably not. But we'll see you next time.